Uh, hello. <clears throat> as we uh, get started today, first of all, I'm really glad that you are here and joining us. But as we get started today, I'm going to ask that you have uh, three things uh, with you today. First is a remote. If you're watching this from a TV or some simple way to pause, we will ask you to uh, pause once or twice to have some sort of time personally or in dialogue around a couple questions. Secondly, um, although I probably will almost never say this when we are live uh, together, grab your phone. I'm going to ask you to do something with your phone towards the end of our time today. And then also, finally, maybe a journal or a piece of paper or a pen, maybe just to doodle um, or take notes, or as I said, there'll be a chance for you to uh, reflect um, as we get a little bit deeper into this. So as we get started on week two of this situation that I will never allow myself to think of as our new normal, how are you doing? I would love to hear from you about how you're doing and I uh, would love for you to contact me directly. I have uh, two ways. I'm going to invite you to do that, either by email, eric at fpcboulder.org, or you can text me. This is a Google Voice number that I, I don't often get to use, but we'll set aside um, just for these kinds of interactions. Would you just, even maybe even now, maybe you can press pause now and just send me a short little note on how you're doing and how I can be praying for you and whatever else you might want your pastoral team to be aware of while we are in the midst of these really unusual times. And they are unusual, aren't they? It's, it's weird. We're, um, we're apart, but we're together in it. Somehow we're alone, and we're all having sort of similar alone kinds of experiences, which is what actually got me to thinking about a study, a short study. I pray it's short. Um, on, a, on the book of Philippians. It's a letter that Paul is writing from prison to the church in a city called Philippi, and um, they are much loved by Paul. This is one of the first churches that he helped to start and to found, and, and he has the awareness that um, even while they are apart, really his heart is together with them. He really wants them to know that he is with them. And he's eager for them to continue to, to live and grow in the faith. And what he's seeking to say over and over really is this. Even though we are part, we are together. We are one. We are partners in the gospel. And it is Jesus who is our unifier. He wants people to know that it's possible we can still live with Jesus as our king, even during hard times. We can have joy at our shared faith in Christ. That can be true even, or maybe even especially when we are apart. So for the length of this time, as we continue to worship this way for however long this might be, we're going to do a study of Philippians together that we're simply calling 414. And why that is, I'll explain why in a few moments. Uh, but for now, why don't we begin with the word of prayer? Lord, when we agreed to follow you, when we said yes to you, we didn't know exactly what that meant. 
We didn't know exactly what you might call from us or what might happen in our lives or what might happen around us. Certainly this situation that we face now is probably nothing any of us would have scripted. And so we, we hold this time out to you and pray that um, you would receive it as worship and that you would help us to live beautiful, redeemed, Christ-centered lives even while we find ourselves together but apart. Lord, may these times of worship help us to do that. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Um, okay, so I know I, I didn't share how I'm doing, so uh, let me tell you. At times, I am totally adrenalized uh, by all of this. Maybe I shouldn't be, but the, the novelty of it, all of the newness of it, the, the challenge of it, sometimes I'm, I'm just living with a rush of adrenaline, and I, I love it. It's fun. Um, other times, maybe even mostly, if I'm really honest, I feel a little overwhelmed by it. How are we going to do this in our home for some indeterminate amount of time? How are we going to be the church? How am I going to help us be the church at a time when we don't even get to be with one another? Sometimes um, I just wander, wander really around the house, wondering, what would the best version of me as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, what would the best version of me be doing right now? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that what I'm doing right now is not it. This is not what the best version of me should be doing. And almost all the time, I wonder, do I have the internal resources for this? Do I have what it takes to live in the way that I think that I'm called to live in this weird and unusual time? And here's the answer that I come up with over and over and over again. I feel it in my bones. I do not have what it takes to manage this well. I don't. which is really what uh, brings us back to Philippians. Again, Paul, when he's writing this, he's in prison. In prison. And prison was not the pleasant experience that it is now. And I, I say that knowing how unpleasant it is now. And he's right into a group of people that he knows and he loves the best. A church, like I said, that he helps to start and he has great affection for this church, and they have great affection for him. He's stuck. Does he have what it takes? His answer? No, he does not. But yes. Later on, as we continue through this study of Philippians, we'll look closely at this passage where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. We'll get there eventually, and we'll talk a little bit about 
what that means. But for the moment, he's stuck. And I've been struck by his affection and his concern and his gratitude for this church in Philippi, much the way actually I want you to know I feel about you. I've been struck by what he has to say to this group of believers while they are together in Christ, but apart in body. I've been struck by how he still lets his faith lead over his panic, how he lets his joy win over worry. And today I want to read just this short, one short passage from chapter one today to just talk about it just for a moment, give us a little flavor of this. And it's Philippians chapter one, verses three through six. This is what he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, this is what I've been noticing about what Paul says in the Spirit here to this church. I want you to hear it for you. God has started something in you. To those who are loyal to Jesus, to those who have faith in Jesus as King of all, Paul says, God has started something in you. And God will see it all the way through. God is not unaware. He's not leaving us alone. He's, he's not on sort of some extended, long, cosmic coffee break. You needn't worry. The most important parts of your journey, the, the things that God is most concerned about, the, the ways that he most wants to care for you, he's going to see those things all the way through and to completion according to his plan, his glory, his purpose, and for your salvation. Paul says he's confident, even while they're apart, that this is what God is doing. And I need that reminder right now. That even in the middle of all this, God's going to see this thing through all the way to completion for us and in us and through us. God's going to do it. I will be guided and filled according to his purpose and plan. Still, I keep on asking myself, do, do I have the right resources to get through this? Can I just tell you, I, I know it's the wrong question, but I keep asking it. Do I have what it takes? A little over a month ago, there was an interesting story about a Circle K gas station that's actually not uh, far from here um, on, off of Pearl Street. One of the workers had put the wrong kind of gas in the underground tanks. And so when people would pull up to the pump and fill their little cars with unleaded, or so they thought, what they really were filling their cars with was diesel fuel. 
And you may or may not know this, but diesel fuel will ruin an engine that runs on unleaded. And that's just what happens. Many people drove away, got just a couple blocks away or a couple miles away down the road, and their cars stopped, smoked horribly, lurched until they finally just wouldn't run any further. And I've been struck just over this last week. It's a pretty good picture of what could happen to me and what could happen to you. You could switch to the wrong fuel and burn out. Paul says the fuel that keeps us going is the gospel. That's what started our journey. That's what's going to fuel our journey all the way to the end. That's what keeps me strong. I started with Jesus. I need to keep on fueling up with Jesus and, and not switch to some other fuel in the midst of this chaos. Paul's joyful in the middle of all this because um, he knows that that's actually what the Philippians are going to do. And he wants to write a letter. This is, I want to say to you, keep at it. Keep on seeking Christ first and foremost. Trust that he will see you and this all the way to completion. We're called to that kind of a faithful stance that we saw here from Paul to those Philippians. So here's um, now what I want you to do. Pull out that remote, and in just a moment, when I tell you, I'm going to ask you to be ready to press pause. And we're going to ask you at home to ponder these couple of questions, whether it's on a journal or a piece of paper, or if you're uh, watching with a couple other people in your household, maybe to even have uh, some sort of a simple dialogue about this. And when you're done, go ahead and press play, and we'll carry on. But for now, here are those two questions. What helps you to stay fueled by Jesus and not turn to some other fuel for the journey that God has started in you? What helps you to stay fueled in Jesus? And because this is such an, such an unusual time, and we get so much extraordinary, maybe even intense time with other people in our home, how can the people around you Help one another to grow in our trust and joy at this time. How can the people in your household help you? And how can you help them grow in joy and in trust in this time? So go ahead and press pause, and we'll come back whenever you press play. All right, <clears throat> welcome back. I, uh, I still, I realize I still haven't told you about why this series is called 414. In short, as Paul shares his heart for this church, he's so thankful for the way they've expressed their partnership to him. Paul lays out this vision for how to live a life in Christ in, in every situation. And he thanks them for their support. He says, keep going, keep on growing in Christ. And then right towards the end of the letter, he says this in chapter 4, verse 14. He says, it was good of you to share in my troubles. It was good for you to share in my troubles. Do you hear it? 
Paul has this sense that they are together, even when they are apart. And I'm eager for us to have that same sense. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to grab your phones right now, and I'm going to ask each and every one of us to set a daily alarm for 4.14 p.m., 4.14 p.m. And at that time, in prayer, simply share the troubles with the Lord that you know your friends have or your family has or your coworkers or a small group, but express some sense that you want to share the troubles in Christ that those um, folks have around you. So go ahead, every day, 4.14 p.m., and we'll pray together every day until we get to see one another again in person. In fact, let's pray together right now as I invite Dave up to lead us in prayer. Let's pray together, shall we?